we need the anointing of God. The anointing is that divine enablement of the Holy Ghost or the power of God to operate and function in our life. And some of us men need the anointing of God on our life to really be our father. We need the anointing of God in our life. Some of us business people, we need an anointing. You can go through the motion, and I don't want to go through the motion. You should want to be anointed. You're listening to the Anointed Leadership Podcast with Terry Lynn Scott. Subscribe today to start cultivating more leadership anointing in your life. Now here's your host, Terry Lynn Scott. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Anointed Leadership Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Terry Lynn Scott. So grateful that you're joining me today. We are picking back up part two of focusing on those that are in your corner. Woo, that last episode was good, man. You had me preaching if you listened to it. If you haven't, go back and listen to part one of focusing on those who are in your corner. I'm telling you, you, don't, you want to jump into that one before we jump into these. We dealt with two, ep- two points last, week, last time, and I just kind of opened up the, the thought process that I had about leadership. And today we're going to kind of finish my other five points uh, about this, about how do you focus on those that are in your corner. Before we do, again, before, like we always do, I, w- I want to ask you to do me a favor. If you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, please do so on whatever platform you're on. Hit the bell as a reminder, so that you'll know that, that when we, we drop one of these, you'll be notified. Again, we drop these every other Thursday, and that way we can always bring content to you, give you some time to go back and work on it, use it as part of your team um, uh, meetings, uh, business meetings, whatever that is, however this adds value to you. We really appreciate you joining us. If you could do me a favor and shoot me a comment or a message, let me know how this is adding value to you. You can also jump in on our website. It's terrylinscott.com. Uh, on there, you can email me uh, if you have a question, uh, something I can add, uh, address on the air. I would love to do that. Also, maybe just a, a form of communication to be able to jump in and help you uh, and your team. If there's a place to uh, have me come in and speak, is there something that I can do to help you in any form or fashion? I would love to do that. Uh, and so join us there on our website. You can find all of our archives of all of these episodes. This is episode 33, and we're just grateful that we've been able to do this and you're listening to us. The last thing I want to ask you to do is share this content if it's adding value to you. Add, send this to your pastor. Send it to department heads. Hey, pastor, if it's, if it's you, send this out to your team, your, your ministry team. Send it out to all your department heads because if I can be of help to you, to your second tier leadership, I would love to do that. Uh, share it with family, friends, or anybody that you feel this type of stuff will add content. Uh, this content will add value to them. Again, thank you for this and I really appreciate it. Let's jump in today. Let's review from last week. We dealt with John chapter 6, starting in like verse 60 through um, like 69. And we talked about where Jesus made a really hard statement that offended some of his people in John chapter 66. Uh, It says in verse 60, it said this was a hard saying. He was talking about eating his body and drinking his blood. Verse 61, it said many of his disciples, now his disciples complained about this. And then Jesus asked them, does it offend you? So basically some of the things that we do as leaders are going to be offensive to people. They're not going to understand it. They're going to complain about it. Listen to what I'm going to say. If you ever said something to somebody and and they look at you like, yeah, well, I wouldn't do it that way. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I I don't agree with that. I think you should do it this way. I think it'd be better that way. This is the attitude in which the disciples were giving Jesus. And so when you see that, that brings an offense to them when you don't do it their way, when they think they have a better idea than you do. Now, mind you, in my team, Many people have better ideas than I do, and I'm not afraid to uh, go with their idea. I'm just not afraid of it. Why? Because I know God sent me some people that will help me, right? I know that. I know that without a shadow of a doubt that these people are sent to help me 
I'm not all knowing in any form or fashion. And so I have no problem with that. But I'm talking about the people that are just consistently telling you that their ideas are always better, right? That's a complaining or an offense to them. Uh, those people that always say, well, you should do this or you should do that. Man, those are the ones I try to steer away from because I'm not interested in always having somebody else's opinion. I know what God said to me, right? That's what we have to realize. So this is what Jesus dealt with. And he dealt with these people. Then it says in verse 66, which I believe is like that Antichrist verse, John 666, uh, is that many disciples turned from him and never followed him again. This is what I'm talking about. Trust, uh, focusing on those that are in your corner is talking about when you leave, when people leave, when they walk away from you, where they betray you, they stab you in the back, uh, those types of things. In leadership, this is hard. In business, it's hard when you have invested into people and you've put a lot of time, effort, and money into them, and then they leave you. Man, that's hard. How do you get past that? And I want to tell you something, that if you always focus on those people that leave you and fail to focus on the ones that are with you, your ministry, your business will will, will just be where it's at and then eventually will decline because the attitude changes, right? So Jesus looked at this, and then in verse 67, he looked at his he looked at the ones, the 12 that was with him. Now, here's the thing. He never addressed the ones that left him. He only addressed the ones that were with him. This is vital when it comes to leadership. You have to realize those that are with you are more important than those that left you. It's a hard issue because leadership is relational. Uh, and sometimes we get we want to get wrapped up in the mission of it, the task of it. And we fail to have a relationship. Well, let's also look at this. Sometimes we are more interested in the relationship that we fail to see the mission. <laughs> so now there's this balance. We addressed this last, uh, la- the last episode. So you got to balance this thing out and you got to figure it out. But Jesus looked at him and says, what are you going to do? Leave me too? And, and that's interesting to me. I'm just going to drop it right there. Go back and read John chapter 6 and look at that. You know, starting around 57, 58, something like that through the end of the chapter. But what I'm saying is you have to focus on those that are in your corner. And doing that, you have to look at it this way because Jesus, I learned this reading this verse in leadership is that you can't worry about your bowel movements. You can't look in your, you know, <laughs> excuse the, 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 I'm just real. So let me just be as real as I can. You never look in the toilet after you have dropped a load and said, wow, that, oh man, I wish I had that thing back. No, you, you don't. Come on, that's what I'm saying. I'm not telling saying people are like that, but I'm talking about the concept, the analogy of that's when you have those that are against you and when you lose them, man, it makes you feel so much better. But the problem is we tend to focus, human nature is to, to focus on those that left us and wonder why. Why? Because of our own pride. It, it hurts us. It's selfish. It's greedy. It's arrogant to think that I'm God's creation to all, or I'm answer to all God's creation. And when people leave us, it hurts, man. It hurts. It's betrayal. And so we, we tend to focus on them, what we should have done better. Why did they leave? What could we have done differently? How could I get them back? And it, it doesn't do any good for those that are with us. And so that's what we're dealing with. So we talked about last time, go back and look at them. Number one was out of seven thoughts that I had, uh, how do you focus on, only on those that, you know, that are for you? Number one is you got to acknowledge the vision is greater than the loss. You got to understand that we care about people, but the vision's greater, right? The second thing that we dealt with is that you got to receive the peace of God for the call of God. So whatever that call is, whatever you're doing right now is your call and the peace of God for that call. And when you peace comes through trust, it's developed in trust. So the question is, are you trusting God for what you're doing or you're trusting in the people that are working for you? 
are working with you or helping you. This is what we have to realize that we got to understand. Paul understood that it was to be content with and content without. The third thing today I want to jump into, number one is this. You have to pray for those that leave you. This is what's hard. This is what's hard because though they have betrayed you. They have stabbed you in the back. You have invested in them. But this is how you focus on the ones that are for you or in your corner rather than the loss. Is because when you start praying for them and you ask God to bless them, you know, bless those who curse you. That's what we look at. Blessed are you that are persecuted for my sake. That persecution or the cursing, which seems like betrayal, the, the loss is there. When you pray for them. What happens is you're releasing them to God. You're casting your care upon him because he cares for you. When you start praying for them, here's what happens. The peace of God enters you and you're able to focus on somebody else. What do you pray for? Listen, this is the Anointed Leadership Podcast. And I know some of you may not listening, may not believe in the things that I believe in the gospel. I appreciate you listening to me. But the reality is when you speak positive and you speak the word of God and you pray for them, you release them to God, you're, in a, you're a, enabled now by God to focus. Focus on the ones that are with you. Pray for them. Let them go. Bless them, man. Let them go. Because don't curse them. The more you curse them, the more they stay in your mind. Because you want to see the bad things happen to them. Bless them, guys, man. Pray for those that leave you. The Anointed Leadership Podcast. The anointing of God getting all over you. You've got to learn. Father, I thank you for them. Bless them in Jesus' name, wherever they go. Thank you, God, for what they did for me. I ask that they be a blessing to somebody else. Now, I know. (laughs) I just said that, and some of you all are like, yeah, right. And, And now you're saying, oh, how did he know that? Because I know. I've been there. I know what it's like to hold on to those that that left you, but it's, it, they do no good for you. They don't benefit you. They don't benefit anything in your organization. They don't benefit your ministry. They don't benefit your business. They don't benefit anything other than the, the stench of them there in your mind affects you with everybody else. You've got to pray for those that leave you. Um, <clears throat> I, I, want you to, I want you to see something here. I wrote this down. When we understand that we are not the the main target, but God is, then we can pray for their soul. What we tend to do is feel like this. We feel like they left us, like they're there for us. We need them. And um, we have to realize that God called us. He equipped us. He equipped us. Um, It's his responsibility. This is how you have to understand. It's God's responsibility. I got to be obedient. I got to be willing and obedient to eat the good of the land. But that doesn't mean I have to do it all. God has to do his part. And God can do anything with less. Remember Gideon? Instead of 10,000, he had 300. And he did more with less. So we have to realize this. When you start praying for those that leave, you realize God has to deal with them. And so your heart has to be right. So this is how you focus on those that are in your corner. You realize that I'm not the main, I'm not the main issue here. Not me as Terry as the pastor of Abundant Life. God is. And so those that leave me, that's up to God to figure that out. That's not up to Terry to figure it out. God has to speak to me. He has to speak to somebody else. And he has to, re, he has to replace that person that was there. And so we have to understand that. Four. Let's get to point four. One, acknowledge the vision is greater. Two, receive the peace for the call of God. Three, pray for them. That leave you. Four is don't take it out on others. I'm going to pause for just a second. If I had a cup of coffee, I could drink it right now and let you think about this. Don't take it out on everybody else. Emotions will run high. Frustration, agitation, irritation, Uh, All of this is going to run high when people leave you, when people betray you. 
Um, and this is what's hard is not taking it out on everybody else, blaming everybody else, uh, being short with everybody else. You have to realize this. Jesus, greatest leader of all time. I don't care what anybody says. Greatest leader of all time. He had to deal with the same thing. Remember the last supper? Uh, we just came out of Holy Week. We came out of Resurrection Sunday, a powerful time we had with the in the presence of God. Um, but remember he was at the supper and he said, one of you all are going to betray me. And he, and he was talking about Judas. Uh, and it says he never complained about it. He just acknowledged it, but he still fed him. He didn't deal with the other 11. He didn't complain to the other 11. He just told everybody, I already know what's going to happen. Can I tell you this? You should know people are going to betray you. You should know that you're going to always have a Judas around you. You're always going to be that person, right? You have to realize that each person has to take their uh, responsibility for their own lives. We can't care. We cannot lay the weight of one betrayer upon every person because not every person is Judas. Even Peter wasn't Judas. Even though he denied him, he didn't betray him. There's a difference in that. And we have to realize that. And you cannot take it out on others. Here's what it means to take it out on others. You can't be short with them. You can't, you can't be harsh with them. You can't hold, listen, you can't hold what somebody else did over the head of that person, right? You can't like, so let's say this, I have a, let's have a, I have two employees. I'm going to name them just for the sake of naming them, John and Timmy. And so here we are with John and Timmy and John here, he, he leaves me, right? And he's done. Well, Timmy's still with me. Well, I can't hold Timmy accountable for what John did. And we do this because we we hesitate giving any responsible to Timmy that maybe was given to John because we are fearful that Timmy is going to do what John did. This is what I mean. You can't take it out on them. You can't hold him. You can't call him. You can't, you can't treat him as if he betrayed you because Timmy didn't do nothing. Only John did. And many times leaders, the minute they get betrayed, they stop trusting. They stop assigning. They stop giving authority and permission for other people to be empowered. Howard, you can't put that on Timmy because Timmy's still with you. You got to stick to Timmy. You got to live into, lean into Timmy. You got to keep trust in Timmy and you got to put the weight of Timmy on Timmy, not the weight of John on Timmy. And we do this, even parenting, man, if I got into parenting right now, we do this. We hold each child accountable for somebody else's action, especially a younger child is held accountable to the older child. I did this in my own parenting, which is wrong by the way. And my third son said, I have never done anything wrong. Why can't I do certain things? I'm not them. I haven't screwed my life up like they did. <laughs> Come on. And so this is what we find. And we do this and you can't take it out on others. How do you focus on those that are for you? Stop putting what somebody did to you on those that are with you. Eliminate that. Let them flourish. Empower them. Trust them. Do that. I'm going to jump to number five because it kind of ties into that is you're going to always have a Judas around you. You always will. I believe this with everything in me. We're always going to have a betrayer in our, our nets. In the church, you're going to have it. In your business, you're going to have it. I can't tell you, listen, if you've never, and you've been in business 30 years, had somebody walk out on you, a, a client, a customer that was faithful, a, a business owner uh, with employees, man, there are people that have just left you right? They, they might be with you for a paycheck, but they're not with you. This is what I'm talking about. These are Judases. You're going to always be that. When you recognize not everybody's going to be for you and there's going to be a Judas, notice what Jesus did. He even fed Judas. He allowed Judas with the money. He allowed Judas with, with the most precious moment in, in, or uh, commodity of that time was their money, their currency. He let him become that person and he brought him to the Lord's Supper right before he was, I mean, Judas was the reason why Jesus fulfilled his purpose. You're going 
going to need Judas's in your life because they're going to work hard and they're going to put you in positions to help you fulfill your purpose. But you're always going to have them around you. A Judas should generate, watch this, a spirit of empowerment, not a spirit of releasing responsibility. The Judas's should be empower, a spirit of empowerment. We should be able to empower people even though there's going to be a Judas, not a spirit of releasing responsibility. This is what we have to realize. We're going to empower people, but you've got to realize them Judases are going to be the people that actually promote your, your, your vision. They're going to promote your mission, man. And you've got to know this. If you know this, listen to what I'm going to say. You're going to be comfortable with, the, with people leaving you. When you know this, you'll focus on the 11 versus the 1. Jesus did this. Even with Judas and even with the multitude that left him, Jesus only focused on those that were with him. This is the key component. Let me, let me review this. Number one, how do you focus? Number one is you acknowledge the vision is greater than the loss. Number two, you receive the peace of God for the call of God. Number three, you, you pray for those that leave you. Four, this is how you focus on the, one, the ones that are with you. Notice, I'm not really talking about the people that are with you. Why? Because we got to address the issue of the people that left us. And you've got to understand this is part of it. And you've got to pray for them. you got to go after the vision. you got to get the peace of God, right? You, you can't take it out on everybody else. And you got to realize you're going to have people that betray you. There's a Judas amongst you all the time. Here's what happens. Let me go to number six. If you're focusing on the ones that always leave you, there's people that are going to get caught in the fire. They're just going to, they're going to get caught in the fire and you're going to look at everything they do, right? That as if they're getting ready to leave you as well, every mistake they make will be uh, heightened. It'll be illuminated, right? Because you're, you're now afraid who else is going to leave me. Jesus asked this question. Do you also want to leave me? So this is part of the nature of the leadership is it's, it's not just turning around and acting like they didn't leave. We know they left. But it's the nature of any person to turn around to those that are with them and ask them, are you going to leave too? Because we want to know. We want to know where the, that you stand. You, you got to be careful that people don't get caught in the line of fire, that you can't take it out on everybody else, right? Because there are going to be Judases amongst you. You got to know this. When you know this, you still focus on the vision. That's why even though leadership is relational, you've got to focus on the vision. You got to know what God's called you to do. You got to understand that there's a mission still ahead of us and they, they can't detour us from the mission. They're going to help us. And when they leave us, God's going to replace them. But you got to be careful that you don't allow somebody else to be caught in the line of fire. That is simply being taken out because of your attitude is wrong. You got to realize, and I said this, that the difference between Peter and Judas was P- Judas betrayed, Peter denied. You're going to have people that are, are, are with you. You got to realize this. If How do you focus on the ones that are in your corner? Not every, every wrong is a betrayal. Not everything done wrong is betrayal. Sometimes it's just simply denial, fear, Uh, not sure, uh, um, discouraged, agitated, whatever that person's issue is. And you can't allow that them to be caught in the line of fire because of somebody else betrayed you. Notice Jesus didn't allow Peter to get caught in the line of fire of Judas. Uh, He didn't hold Judas's betrayal over Peter's denial. Man, I'm telling you that that's something supernatural right there. What did Jesus do with Peter? He restored him. Remember that? In John chapter 21, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? And do you love me? He put the vision of God back in him. He didn't hold the denial because it wasn't betrayal. 
He didn't sell him out, right? He didn't betray him. He denied him. There's a difference in people that are uh, are making mistakes in your business or costing you some money. That's denial, man. It's not betrayal. It's a different emotion. Jesus did not allow Judas's wrong to be held over Peter's head, even in Peter's wrong. This is what I'm trying to talk to you about is don't let everybody's mistake after a betrayal make that feel like it's a betrayal. It's not. It's a denial, maybe. And you've got to understand to the two. Number one, watch this. Let me help you the difference. Betrayal is I turn away from. Denying is I didn't comply with. There's a difference there. I turn away from it. I leave it. Comply, and denial is I didn't comply with what you wanted. So it didn't, it, I'm, not, I'm not leaving you. I just didn't comply with what you wanted me to do. And so you have to realize that. Watch. To not allow somebody else to be caught in the line of fire watch, you have to be able to help those who are just hurt or wounded and they don't want to leave. Because anytime that there's a betrayal with Jesus, listen, the, even the disciples were hurt and wounded. They said, who else would we go to? They, the, and the Bible actually says in John chapter 6, verse 60 and 61, it says, they all complained and he looked at them and says, this, does this offend you? It says the disciples complained about it. That means the 12 were part of the complaints. And so there is a wounding there. Right There's something that was wounded there. And here's what you have to realize. Don't let them get caught in the line of fire. Realize you have to be able to help those who are just hurt. They're not wounded or hurt and, or wounded and they don't want to leave. You don't let them get caught in the line of fire. You don't fire everybody because of one person's stupidity. Right? You've got to realize this. You can't let people get caught in the line of fire. And the seventh one, I'm going to review these real quick. Number one, watch, you got to acknowledge the vision is greater than the loss. You have to, number two, you have to receive the peace of God for the call of God. Number three, you got to pray for those that leave you, or let's say they betray you. Four, don't take it out on everybody else because not everybody is that person. Five, you're going to always, this is how you focus on those that are in your corner. You're going to realize you always have a Judas around you. Number six, you can't let everybody else get caught in the line of fire of the betrayer, right? And number seven, probably the most important one, is laugh in the face of trouble. This is how you focus on those that are in your corner. Laugh at those that leave you. (laughs) Whatever. Bless you. See you. Peace. And you move on. It's not arrogant. Right? I'm not trying to mask the hurt because there is hurt, but you laugh at it. James chapter 1, count it all joy when you face various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith, notice this, produces patience, which is being consistently constant. You know, nobody likes this verse. Nobody likes the idea that, man, I got to go through something, I got trouble, I got issues. Nobody likes that. But the Bible's really clear, right? You, you got to laugh. You got to count it all joy. Laugh at it. The devil thinks he's beat you because somebody walked away from you. No, Jesus had more than you did. If you have a church split, man. You, Jesus had a church split. We see it in John chapter 6. Don't mean I like that, but the reality is he had a church split. They left and went somewhere else. But Jesus didn't care, and he still was so su- successful. Why? Because he laughed in the face of trouble. The devil thinks he wins, right? And he doesn't win. unless He only wins unless he catches your joy. He takes your joy. He takes your peace. He gets you focused on the wrong things, right? We don't focus on the bowel movement. We focus on now we can move forward because now we feel much better. Praise the Lord, right? Well, I'm going to just give you two last thoughts on this, right? Maybe three. Trouble will always find you no matter what. You cannot control the problem, but you can control your response. This is what I mean by laughing in the face of trouble. You can't control them leaving you, but you can control your response to it. You can laugh at it and move on, or you can dwell on it and be destroyed. It's your choice. Laugh and move on, dwell and be destroyed. It's your choice. 
How do you do that? You be proactive and then reactive. You realize there's there's always going to be a Judas. You don't want people to be caught in the line of fire. Watch. You got to also realize you can't take this out on everybody. This is being proactive. I'm trying to help you be proactive that the next time somebody leaves you, that you don't lose everybody. You just leave that. You lose that one. Right. The, 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 listen. Here's the thing. The last thing. Two things. Two points. One, if we dwell on problems, we will begin to isolate ourselves. So the problem is, how do I feel it? Who's going to do the job? If, I'm talking about the leader right now. If you focus on the problem now that that person left and they're only focusing on, you're only focusing on that, right? You, you'll isolate yourself from becoming a problem solver because you have no w- ability to resolve any more problems. I don't fo- focus on the problem. I focus on the resolve. That's what leaders do. We are problem solvers. So I focus on what the what what now is the resolution that, to the Judas. What's the resolution? And now that if I but I'm focused on Judas, I'll never see the resolution. You'll isolate yourself and you'll just dig yourself a deeper hole and you won't get there. The last thing is I want to say about this, leaders are problem solvers. When we understand this, our role is our role, we will laugh in the face of trouble. <laughs> you know, you leave me, woo, oh well, I'm a problem solver. I, I can fix that problem now. I'm a leader. That's what leaders do. Jesus fixed the problem by asking the disciples, you're going to leave me too? They said, no, you have the words to, to life. Jesus knew he was the answer and he turned their focus off of them and put him, their focus back on him. Now, I'm not telling that you're the problem solver. Like It's you. It's Jesus in us, the anointing on us. But you got to realize that you got to be proactive. Recognize these things. Let me review them and we're going to close today. Number one, how do you focus on those in your corner? One, acknowledge the vision is greater than than the loss. Two, receive peace for the call of God. Three, Pray for those that that leave you. Four, don't take it out on everybody else. Five, you will always have a Judas around you. Six, don't let others get caught in the line of fire. Seven, laugh in the face of trouble. Listen, go focus on those in your corner and watch greater success come to you. Hey, Terry Linscott here, the host of the Anointed Leadership Podcast. Again, I appreciate you joining me. Share this. Shoot me a message. Check me out on the website. Send me an email. Whatever I can do to help you. Until next time, may the anointing of God get all over you to help you fulfill what God's called you to do. Connect with Terry on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts to help this message reach more people so together we can create anointed leaders all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we're believing God with you and for you that whatever you put your hand to will prosper in Jesus' name.